Welcome to the 40 Under 40 podcast with your hosts, Caitlin Cromit and AJ McQuarrie. They are two entrepreneurs who speak to other entrepreneurs under the age of 40, so you can learn from their successes and failures along their journeys of building businesses. 40 Under 40 podcast hopes to educate, motivate, and inspire people to pursue their dreams of starting a business, regardless of age. And now, here are your hosts, Caitlin and AJ. All right, welcome back, folks. (laughs) Where was the support? Where was the support? You said folks funny. I love saying folks. Okay, how much do y'all miss traveling? Oh my God. This pandemic really, you know, it makes you realize what we take for granted in normal life. And I think number one for me is just going somewhere fun. Where did you go last? I think my last trip, well, I have mm, traveled. business trips. Yeah. And I visited my sister in Florida not that long ago, which speaking of sister, our next guest is kind of like my sister because she was literally in the hospital when I was born. And my older sister was in the hospital when she was born. So speaking of sister and speaking of traveling, folks, imagine traveling for a living and that being your job. Hashtag goals, right? So we have Kimmy Connor and Elliot Davenport. He is her uh, current boyfriend, current boyfriend, life partner and business partner. partner, lover, all the things and business partner. Yes, they are a power team, y'all. Kimmy, I've known my whole life. Elliot feels like I've known my whole life, but it's just been a couple of years. And they're on the podcast today to talk to us about making a living traveling. Traveling, blogging, content marketing. These folks have the secret sauce and I am so excited. Influencing all the things. We're pumped. We're pumped y'all are here. So Kimmy, Kimmy Connor has been traveling and working and living abroad for six years this month. Dang. She's been a nomad for a while while growing her travel blog into a business. She's lived in five to six countries and traveling through 65 plus countries. She's actually slowed it down a little bit during COVID blogging, working on some photography projects in Mexico where they currently reside for the time being. Tulum to be specific. And Elliot actually previously worked in corporate, the corporate world as a product manager for a large renewable energy company for two years. He's our second product manager. He is from Australia. He had a really cool job that we're going to hear a little bit more about. Um, And he completed postgraduate studies in accounting and international finance, but also had a love of traveling. So after meeting Kimmy, he quit his job in early 2020, right before COVID shook the planet and begun to live as a digital nomad. So excited to have them on. Okay. So tell us like what, what you guys do, what is your business? What is your entrepreneurial venture right now? Um, so we are travel bloggers and content creators. Half of my business is, is my website. It's called adventures and sunsets. It's a travel, it's an adventure travel and festival blog. We're also photographers and videographers. So we do a lot of content creation for properties and also for festivals. So we're actually down here in Tulum right now, working for a big string of events and we're doing all the content, uh, photo and video creation um, associated with that. And how does someone make, how do you, like, can you talk a little bit about your business model? Like how do you survive? So there are a few income streams or quite a lot of income streams that you could make as a blogger. Uh, one of the main ones is in content advertising. So if you're ever looking at a website and you see a bunch of ads, they may be annoying, but they're also 
most likely supporting the blogger. So you make money on ads based on impressions. So the more people look or the more eyeballs are on your site, the more money you can make. The other main income stream for travel blogging, at least, is affiliate marketing. So that means if I recommend a hotel or a tour or an Airbnb or an Amazon product on my website and you buy it from my website, the link can get tracked and I will make a commission from that. There's a lot of different strategies involved with affiliate marketing and advertising. Uh, one of which is SEO, so search engine optimization. So that's a way to get more traffic, more eyeballs on your site and more advertising. People hear the word influencers and they don't really understand what that means. So I think this helps to clear up like some of the, like you're not just like hashtag influencing with your Instagram posts. Like there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like I don't even really talk about my Instagram that much anymore. Like it's definitely a big part of my brand. And it's one of the main things that I can show to potential clients, you know, when I'm talking about, you know, going out and shooting on their property or, you know, maybe doing a sponsored post for one of their products. But, you know, the actual income from Instagram posts is a lot lower than, you know, income from having a fully functioning website that does a lot of recommendations and things like that. So yeah, I mean, I guess some influencers are just on Instagram, but I mean, my Instagram is just one small facet of my entire like business model, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a vehicle for getting eyes on the blog. Too. Exactly. It's like can showcase, you know, our photography and a lot of the videos that we make and photos we take and things like that. Very cool. Another way you can make money as a blogger is by doing sponsored posts and sponsored content where people will, or businesses will pay you for mentioning them or linking to them. You talked about affiliate marketing, and I know that's a very important way for bloggers to make money. Can you just touch on that a little bit more for the audience to explain what that means exactly. I recommend a product or a hotel or a tour or a service or, you know, anything like an Airbnb or, you know, lots of different things. And if someone buys this product through my website, then I will make a commission. Those are the main ways to make money as a blogger. All you potential influences out there, take take note. <laughs> These two are <laughs> very good at what they do. So let's rewind a little bit and tell mm. us how, and I'm, I'm curious to hear from each of you, like what inspired you to go out on your own? Like what was the moment where you were like, I, I want to work for myself. I want to travel. I want to follow this passion. Do you have a moment like that? I suppose I didn't particularly have like a moment where I thought that was what I wanted to do. I more had like, I suppose my idea of like being entrepreneurial in that regard is just being able to be like sufficient whilst traveling. And so like, rather than having created my own business, I've like been a part of like a few like startup kind of businesses and helping Kimmy along with hers. But I personally have never actually like created a product in that regard. My moment, I suppose, would be when I basically quit working in a, in a corporate life and then jumped on an airplane with Kimmy to head over to Bali and shoot some cool footage and write some amazing stories and get stuck there during COVID lockdown for like nine months. Yeah. So I suppose that. Yeah, I know. Hey. And you were in the corporate world, Elliot, right? So what were you doing there? Yeah. Yeah. So I I worked in renewable energy. I was a product manager. It was a cool job to have, but like now being on the road and being by myself and being sufficient, I feel like is a, is a big difference. Yeah. We, and we wanted to hear more about that because it's such an, I mean, yeah, it's obviously like stark contrast of corporate world versus what you guys do now. So what was that transition? What was, okay. Repeat that question. 
So what was, <laughs> we'll keep it. So what was that transition like for you? Was it like a shock to the system or was it something that you were really craving or what, what was that like? In short? Yeah, it, it probably was, it was some kind of a shock. I also like did a lot of other work while I was doing and like a corporate nine to five. So like being able to step outside of like nine to five hours is, is one difficulty, I suppose, like Monday to Friday, not being like able to be like, okay, it's a Friday night and I probably shouldn't go out now. Like, cause I have work to do like tomorrow or something like that was like one of the biggest like difficulties of being like, you know, the sun's going down now I can keep working. So the transition was difficult to begin with. I certainly was like vacationing for like the first like two months of living in Bali, not really doing that much work at all. Yeah, but, just like um, adjusting to this new lifestyle. Yeah. And I remember we talked about that. It's like, it's hard when you're working for yourself to figure out like what your hours should be or when to stop working or when to start working because there's no one to tell you when. So that, exactly. that balance yeah. is so... How do you guys deal with that balance? You know, Elliot had been corporate for so long when we moved overseas you know, he would be like on a Tuesday, he'd be like, oh, you know, like, you know, trying to work or trying to get things done. And as soon as it's Friday, he's like, you know, ready to go. And it's Saturday, he wants to go out for drinks. As soon as the sun goes down, he's like, I'm not doing any more work. And I was like, Elliot, you know that you can undo these very rigid timings that have been like, you know, hammered into you by society yeah, <laughs> for so many years. Such a societal years. thing. Yeah, it's just so funny. So I would like, you know, get work done on a Saturday night and go out on a Tuesday or, you know, work from like 8 to 10 p.m. if I felt like it, you know, I actually get better workflows after dark, I find sometimes. So yeah, for me, I've always kind of worked when I felt like it and tried to get as much done as I could earlier, even though I work better later. But for Elliot, he's always been a nine to five, like, okay, wake up, get the work done five o'clock. All right. I'm off. Where's happy hour. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so what were people's reactions when you were first like, all right, we're going to become travel bloggers. We're going to travel the world. Like, well, and Kimmy probably first, cause you started this way back when you left college, which I just actually, yeah. when we were talking about that and like, that is one of the things you have to deal with is like, almost like pushback from people saying like, oh, that's not realistic. Like you can't make a living. Yeah. That. Like, yeah. How did you handle that? It was in college basically. And all of my fellow seniors were, you know, raving about this full-time job they got at an accounting firm and this internship they got at this film studio. Like, yeah, you know, I have to work 12 hours a day. And, you know, after about five years and maybe I'll, you know, get promoted. And I mm -hmm. was just thinking to myself, WTF, that's not what I want. <laughs> That is no not, cursing I, on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get it this either, Kim. This is not what I want. And, you know, I didn't really know what I did want, but I knew that I wanted to travel and I wanted to see new places. Because I'd studied abroad and done a little bit of like solo backpacking during college, which didn't intend to happen. But some of my friends had to go home early and I ended up by myself and it was amazing. And I really enjoyed it. I'm half British. My mom's English. So I started out by moving to London because that was kind of the best option I could think of. I had the passport. I had the rights to work and I had some savings. So I just moved to London and that was the first kind of like expat experience that I had. And I was hooked. <laughs> and is that when <laughs> you started that. blogging in London? Yes. So I actually started my blog before I even graduated college. I was like, you know, trying to figure out the best platform and if I should use WordPress and all of that. And I launched it when I moved to London. So I've been blogging since I literally graduated college, which is kind of crazy. It's six years now. That's so cool. So wow. 
Yeah, this month would be my six-year anniversary, actually. Oh, my God. Happy anniversary. Thank you. It's actually really crazy. but Yeah, did you have people, so like your family, your parents, were they supportive of this or were they a little bit like, what the heck are you doing? I'm nervous for you. Most people were kind of like, what the heck are you doing? I'm nervous for you. This is another cultural difference we can speak about between the U.S. and Australia. I feel a lot of Australians are more supportive of oh yeah moving overseas like oh yeah good on you mate that'll be fun you know thank you (laughs) Elliot hates my accent but I think it's not so bad I feel like a lot of Americans when you say you're moving abroad or becoming some type of location independent this or that they're like oh so did you already get a job or like do you know someone there do you have family there like how are you gonna make money like there needs to be another reason because it wouldn't be so crazy to just do it without that right (laughs) exactly like when I moved to London everyone's like oh so you got a job there I'm like I mean not yet but I will (laughs) I'm figuring it out (laughs) exactly and I did so when did you two start working together probably like two what a year and a half ago maybe do you think we started yeah. like i suppose <clears throat> best like means of working together from an origin would probably be like just when we used to go on weekends away and then you used to write like stories about them like yeah people, like we got that comp trip to go to mount hotham so that was like a year and a half ago oh yeah it? i forgot about that yeah we did like, some like well, press trips in australia when we were in yeah how has that been working together yeah, as for partners? those of you who don't know they're uh, they're they're lovers too oh yeah that's <laughs> true yeah. <laughs> we are a couple yeah um, what's that been like I, mean, I, I would just say it could be challenging at times and more challenging than like working with someone you're obliged to work with in sort of like a workforce or something like that like because i suppose you're like i don't know prone to arguments more because you like discussing things in further depth or something or i'm not too sure i think the improvements and being thrown like in the deep end of like all of a sudden like you're stuck in Bali now for nine months together and now you have to work together on these things and figure this stuff out and it was kind of like really good practice or and and sort of like a really good place to really start Mm. um so I suppose yeah challenging to begin with but we've definitely made like huge improvements now we like we have like different processes when we do like a video for example we like now write out like a full storyboard rather than just walking around and taking good shots and then arguing over which is the next one or something. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of like mapped out processes and things like that better like, on how we deal yeah. with it and said someone in particular would be in charge of this particular role and then just like not question them as much. Like we kind of made like a bit more of a partnership in that way. So yeah, yeah I suppose that would, that's definitely something that's helped. Us so what happened it. first? Did you guys meet and then you guys went into business or were you business partners and then we just we met and kind of started dating and we had very separate lives for a while but you know Elliot always wanted to travel and I am obviously myself (laughs) so I was in Melbourne on a you know visa that was of course temporary so we kind of you know slowly started integrating together like you know what we both are good at so Elliot actually majored in journalism for his undergrad and obviously I do all my writing and photography so he has this writing experience and I taught him you know a lot of photography he was already really good at it but you know now I do more of the photos he does more of the videos we've done property videos we've done this festival videos that we've been working on down here in Tulum a lot of really cool places to stay in Bali and how do you get your business so like for someone that doesn't understand this world of like travel blogging Mm. travel influencing what would like what do you recommend as far as like actually making it actually making money what what are the the strategies you found to be successful in keeping your your yourselves afloat and making money and you know how do you do that as a blogger or as a videographer photographer whatever 
you have to constantly be pitching and like sending pitches to places that you're interested in, but not only you're interested in, but would be a good fit for your own brand. We do a lot of, you know, adventure travel and festival photography. So my property videos are all sorts of unique and boutique properties. And for festivals, it's just, you know, well, festivals, I suppose, like music events and performances and things like that. Transformational. Yeah, transformational festivals. Obviously, there's not many of those right now, but, you know, one day. The way that I've gotten most of the, the jobs that we've had is sending out pitches, like to these properties and to these events. You know, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is why I would be a good fit for you. And, you know, why you, you need us basically or something like that. Yeah. It's a and, lot of like that marketing yourself, right? Like selling yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've, I send out so many pitches every week just to like, di- like different hotels and different festivals and things like that. And, um, you know, a lot of times you will do an exchange, like you'll stay at a property in exchange for making a video or doing an article or something like that. But then eventually you'll get into the paid jobs where, you know, you'll work for one place for free, but then the next place will offer you, you know, some money, which is really exciting. <laughs> yeah. So we like, this is your, your full-time thing now, right? Like you don't have a side job or anything like that. I guess. Well, for me, I have my blog and this current photo job that we're working on, which is actually like kind of four months long, just doing all sorts of different things, which Elliot is working on as well. And he, Elliot has Tulum, right? a job as well. In Mexico. Yes. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah, right. What about you, Elliot? Yeah, I just do like social media responses for uh, like a, a phone case that mounts to a, like a motorbike and a, and a, a cycle. Um, yeah, just like literally using Facebook Manager. And that's your little side business, basically. Yeah, exactly. I just do that for like, they're quite a large company with like three different Instagrams of like, I don't know, 80,000, 90,000, whatever. And then a Facebook of like, I don't know, however many thousand with a, you know, paid ad <clears throat> reach of like millions. So Which it's kind like- of works into what you're doing too. I mean, it's all yeah, kind exactly. of the same, yeah. same forte. So it's not like, so I guess what I'm asking is when you went from like, Kimmy, I remember you would, you know, take tour guide jobs or like waitressing mm-hmm. jobs, bartending, like how did you get to the point where you feel comfortable just trusting your, your skills at what you do um, versus having to rely on more yeah, like other little jobs? Little, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Because I really trusted, I really trusted my skills a lot more before COVID happened and killed the travel industry and nobody was searching for travel anymore and my traffic went down. You know, that's something that you're going to have to deal with as someone in the, a professional in the travel industry, I suppose. With the punches, yeah. Done a bit of pivoting and doing some more like article roundups of like cool accommodation and things like that, but people are still booking like, you know, things like Airbnbs and you know, VRBOs and interesting accommodation, you know, near their house. So I've been doing some roundups like that and kind of trying to pivot with it since COVID. Oh my gosh. Wow. That rhymed. I took (laughs) sort of, yeah, not really. Uh, I took a lot of online courses and things like, you know, SEO search engine optimization. I'm still doing another one about affiliate marketing. So I'm constantly trying to improve my skills and like, you know, refine my strategies rather than just like blindly, you know, doing things and writing about where I go without a plan in mind on how that will make me money, you know, in as close of a future as possible. 
in this industry. It usually takes a while for your articles to work, but. I'm very interested in your business model. So if we can talk about that a little bit more. Your business models, you need a lot of eyeballs on your website. How did you start off getting eyeballs? Were you just posting good content and you got more followers? Were you placing ads? So when I first started getting a lot of traffic, it was when I started implementing search engine optimization into my website. So, I mean, any blogger will tell you that this is probably the most important skill you could possibly learn as a blogger, whether you're a travel blogger, a food blogger, a family, like mommy blogger, or, you know, any different type of blogger that you can be. You need to know what people are typing into Google. And to do this, you can use a few different tools where you can, you know, test out keywords and see how many people type that into Google every month. And then you can optimize your articles according to that keyword. So I could see how many people Google best places to stay in Tulum, something like that. And see if you know many other bloggers have already written that article, like how difficult would it be on a scale of one to like, I think it's one to a hundred or one to 50 on how it would, how easy it would be to rank for that keyword. And what you want is obviously to be on the first page of Google. So you want, more people to be typing in the keyword and also seeing your article. So it's kind of this whole like equation between how many people search it, how difficult it would be and how long it would take for your website to be there on the first page of Google and, you know, what your brand is and how on brand you want to stay. So there's a lot of things that go into getting eyeballs and you can't forget about social media either. Pinterest is also a really good search engine that people use a lot to look up like travel and food content and all sorts of different things. I love that your story wasn't like, (laughs) Oh, I put 20 grand into Google and Google ads and Facebook ads. And like, it was like, no, I did did not have 20 grand. I did all the back end work (laughs) and people started visiting. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I put some of my photography together with a lot of my, you know, different interesting articles that I've written and made a Pinterest, learned SEO, made more of an affiliate marketing strategy. And this is great for like entrepreneurs of all walks of life, because it's so important for people to see our stuff in every regard, right? Like exactly. So I think these skills that you're talking about are so universal that it's really a leg up for you to have this, this skill and this understanding. Cause it could, I mean, it's always going to help regardless of what, you know, what you ever go into exactly or in addition to this just out of curiosity like in a normal good regular year like what kind of income can you can you get from a blog like is that is that like a full-time income do you have to always rely on like social media sponsorships or like give us idea of of numbers for people that don't understand them I know bloggers who make way more than six figures for sure um as far as I can see from a lot of the Facebook groups that I'm in of bloggers Food blogging is the most lucrative, I think, because, you know, food bloggers, let's just stay in their kitchen and they can slam out like three or four recipes every week, you know, and people search for all kinds of recipes all the time. So I'm pretty sure food blogging is the most, is the most lucrative and you can have the most traffic. You know, I know, I know food bloggers who've made, or I know travel bloggers who've made more than six figures on ad income alone. So not even including affiliate income. You can do well. (laughs) You just have to perfect your strategy perfect your SEO and how often, Pinterest as well. How often should someone be posting? So this is the million dollar question. There's a lot of different uh, opinions on this question. A lot of food bloggers, as I said, they post three or four times a week, but travel bloggers, you know, we have to be traveling to post about travel a lot of the time, or we just have to be researching. So, I mean, if you're on the road, it's a lot more difficult to post like two or three times a week. Um, so when I'm on the road, I go for at least once a week, but if I'm not, 
I try to just, you know, post as, as much as possible, at least once a week, I'd say, if not like two, two times a week, three times, if you're doing something that's a little bit less heavy on the, the wallet and the research. Yeah, exactly. So you don't want to travel to a new place every weekend just to write a new article. You know, it's kind of like trying to squeeze more articles out of the same places, I suppose. Yeah. No, that makes sense that it's not necessarily like a magic number for everyone. So Elliot, Elliot specifically, I mean, you, both of you went to great schools, like went to great undergrad university and Elliot, you have post-grad degrees, like you have all this education. How do you feel like that's helped you if at all in what you're doing now? Like, how do you feel like it's informed this nomadic lifestyle that you now lead? So I did international finance and accounting. The intention with that was to try and work a little more remotely and to various other like jobs using Upwork and things like that and find sort of like different roles in order to just to get part-time work and things like that. I mean, it eventually like I have savings as well. So I like international finance really helped like, you know, creating like investment strategies and things like that. And I also have two properties that I previously managed, like using Airbnb, just being able to sort of manage all of these different income streams, I suppose is the biggest thing that I can say, like being able to like, you know, have all my stuff organized to, with my spreadsheets for my tax returns and everything as well. He helps like, me with all my money stuff. I yeah, do so that's like, like yeah. <laughs> very helpful. I definitely need that. <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely all. No, but I suppose the skills like transferred over as well to like now when we've done proposals and things like that, that I'm the one that writes out the proposals for the business and, and puts them together and like does a lot of the numbers and things. We have had like conversations doing more sort of like travel finance related articles as well. Like I wrote a whole bunch, published a couple of them, but like various other areas that Kimmy's not sort of as knowledgeable in the travel industry. Mm-hmm. So like I did like an insurance article. I've done a few different Ooh, ones on a few nice. like, like savings great. accounts, like roundup savings accounts and things like that. You just like good for like traveling, um, like high interest savings accounts, like what are the best sort of ones are. I mean, it's difficult because every country is different. So it's not always as simple as just writing one for like an international audience. But um, no, things like that, like the skills definitely transfer over and it kind of like is really helpful for us because now we can kind of like, I don't know, use these skills to better the blog itself. And mm-hmm. like, you know, had, had mm-hmm. different talks about different things we can do. And like, yeah, yeah it gives us that extra. Extra leg up. Because I, I have always wanted to have a financial section of the blog because Oftentimes like credit cards and like savings accounts and all those points you can earn. Yeah, exactly. Some of the most lucrative affiliate pro- uh, programs as yeah. well. So if you join oh, like yeah. a credit card program, if you join, I don't even know what they're called. I don't even know what's called a credit card rewards program. program a a rewards program. Yeah. Yes. If you join a rewards program, or if you like get a subscription to a certain like credit card or all these different things, those are very profitable with affiliate income as is travel insurance. And I, I wouldn't have known how to write an article about that, but Elliot, smashed out this amazing article about this travel insurance that we use, which has been making us quite a lot of money recently. Look at you guys, such a good balance in business partners. So what's a typical day like for both of you, like two people who travel the world? What's that look like? I would say we wake up, we sometimes exercise in the morning, sometimes in the evening. So we definitely get a workout done either when we wake up or, you know, around sunset. And we'll probably sit down for a few hours to work. We might have an afternoon outing to like a cafe, grab some lunch or like try a new restaurant, which I love to do and also contributes to my food guides that I write about certain places. Probably come back, you know, finish a work day as long or short as we 
kind of want to do. Might do something in the evening, like go down to the beach or, you know, maybe in Tulum, we'd go to a cenote or, you know, have a little small adventure during the day. Like after this, we're going to a new place to try yoga class, something like that. Like we always try to add a little spice into our day here or there. And uh, then we probably watch Netflix. sounds (laughs) amazing. Yeah, it's like everyone's jealous. (laughs) I love that you can just go like, you're like, oh, we have to go out to this rest, this nice restaurant because we have to write about it. Like it's your job. It's really my excuse. (laughs) That's my excuse. I mean, I did a lot of these restaurants in Chengdu and I still haven't posted my Chengdu food guide. So maybe this will be the inspiration for me to finally publish it. There you go. (laughs) That's what I tell myself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So every day is very different. And it also probably depends on the place you're in. Cause I remember you telling me like in Tulum, it's such a different lifestyle because people like stay up extremely late and exactly. normal sleeping hours. So you probably have to adjust like based on the culture and where you are and you know what exactly. So here we've just been sleeping in really late. Cause a lot of the events we were shooting uh, last month went till like four in the morning. So we're not going to wake up early and like go on a run after that, you know, we'll wake up, we'll have lunch, we'll work a little bit, and then we'll maybe go on a run if we feel like it or just go back to work again. Depends. Is that a solid typical day? What do you think a typical day is? I mean, I think I put too much in mind. I think, yeah. (laughs) You're like, that was a typical week. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot. No, but I mean, like, we don't really have a typical day if I'm being like, as honest as we can here. Like, it's not like every day would ever be the same. Like we normally like, for example, today, like Kimmy had to go work like a few hours down at one of like the Zamna, like which is the festival that we worked for, like to do some photos and things like that while I was simultaneously at home working, like doing the social media kind of thing. And then like, and then like tomorrow, for example, we're helping some guys do like a masterclass and we're helping them like shoot that in the morning. So we go do that in the morning and then come back and then I have to work like a few hours. And then, you know, then we're supposed to go like go out and like meet some friends at this particular place it's like a really cool treehouse, I don't know, build, building or whatever. So it's like yeah. every that's like that's just two days to give you an idea. Like yeah. every day is like so different than like the last. Like the only thing regular we have at the moment is that I like have to like have specific hours that I'm working for this like social media sort of job. So but, but even then though, like we went to like a workspace and work there sometimes. We went to like cafes and sit there and work. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, there's no like real typical day. And then like, as Kimmy touched on with the photography, like even like around Christmas and things like that, we were working like literally, I don't know, from sun up to like sundown every single day in the one spot at this particular cenote, like taking photos of these guys building a stage and things. So like, no, we didn't even go out, we didn't even leave this place to go to a cafe or a restaurant or even the beach for like yeah. the first like month we were here. So like, <laughs> yeah, what I'm getting at is every day is just like quite different in that yeah. regard. Like we don't really have sort of a too much of a routine yeah i just have this need to get out and about as much as possible so i like to do at least one like outing (laughs) per day whether that's a cenote which i still want to do tomorrow or go to a restaurant or go to a yoga class or just you know something i like to get out and about sounds sounds exciting it all sounds very fun and exciting but obviously a lot of work too like do you ever get annoyed when people are like oh my gosh your life is so fun and you're like well, it's actually a lot of work too. Like we're not just out partying all the time. I mean, yeah. I certainly did. Some of my friends said some like things to me, like at least I have a real job or something like that. And I was kind of like, oh, well, I just worked like, yeah. Yeah, I worked like 16 or 18 that? hours yesterday. Like, screw wow. You. Yeah. That's so mean. I know it was really mean. And I was kind of like, oh, nice. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. So yeah, that you was you like. always have the haters, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's kind of like, who cares? Like, I don't know, push me to be like, all right, I'm going to do more work now. It's like, screw you. Yeah. Like, um, make more money yeah exactly like you know what i mean like sorry you're yeah. doing what you love like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah i know and i was kind of like it was a little strange what does the future look like for 
your business? Like, what do you hope, what are your hopes and dreams for where the two of you are taking this business together? And how are you going to, do you feel like you're going to continue to build out your team? Are you going to keep it just the two of you or, or what are your hopes for, I guess, yeah, the, the future of, of this cool travel blogging and whatever else you make it. You know, I think moving forward, it would be awesome to have our own little, you know, duo photo video business in terms of the blog. I would like to start outsourcing more. Um, once my pre COVID, what? Yeah, I actually have outsourced a little bit. I do have someone who manages my WordPress and outsource a few articles here and there, but, um, yeah, I'd like to start hiring more people. Hopefully my income will return to pre-COVID levels soon. It's slowly coming. It's creeping back. People are starting to want to travel yeah. again. Which Can you talk is about that for a second? Just the impact COVID had on your business and how you're going to recover from that? Yeah. So that it was a it was really tough to be honest. You know, my traffic was at all time highs. My income was at all time highs. You know, all the different income streams from like, you know, people buying tours to people buying hotels to people buying you know, Amazon products for my website, you know, it was going so well and I was feeling so fulfilled and so successful and like, you know, finally reached my goals. And then dun, dun, dun. Yeah. March, 2020. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Because <laughs> my traffic went down. So the travel industry, of course, you know, kind of, not kind of did tank. It tanked. No one could travel. No one could fly. No one could buy tours or, you know, go anywhere. So my income from like buying tours was in the negatives because people had to get refunded, <laughs> you know, for all these trips they had planned. Yeah, pretty much all the travel bloggers I know, like the traffic went way down because no one needs to search for things to do in Tulum when you can't get to Tulum. You know what I mean? So did you realize your business was that vulnerable to threats like a pandemic? I did not. I mean, I absolutely didn't think anything like this could happen in our lifetimes. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I doubt many people did, but yeah. So, I mean, what everyone's been saying is the word pivot. I'm sure everyone's heard the word pivot. You know, I've been trying to do that in my own way. Although I do know that this is what I'm passionate about. And this is what I want to do with my life. So, you know, I do have faith it'll come back, but I've been writing articles that are, you know, more likely to, to be what people are searching for right now such as like weekend getaways, like near my house, you know, or like, you know, treehouse Airbnbs, whether they're private or things like that, you know? So you were one of those people like, like me, like AJ, like we've never actually worked for someone else. Like we've never worked yeah. in an office or for a corporation. Um, but then you like tried it, you made that leap and you're like, you know what, oh my God. <laughs> so you try it. What was that like for you? And like, did you ever have those feelings of like, why am I not normal? Like, why can't I do this? Yeah. So I tried a full-time job for three months while living in Melbourne and I only lasted three months. Uh, <laughs> It was actually a really cool opportunity because I had, um, I don't think I've mentioned this, but I'd done a lot of tour guiding um, in the past. So before I was making full-time income from my website, I got all sorts of jobs. So I worked as a tour guide in Croatia for three summers. I was a waitress in Sydney. I worked at a farm bar. That's the short story in um, the middle of nowhere in Australia. I've done all sorts of different things. So in Melbourne, I got a job as a tour guide as well. So there was an American giving walking tours of Melbourne, which was strange, but I actually know more about Melbourne than Elliot now, don't I? So I, I was doing walking tours and I was also doing a lot of content creation and like managing email lists and managing the Instagram and managing like, I know all the social medias for this company. And um, it had a lot to do with just me being not normal and a lot to do with like how the company was managed at the time. But yeah, I just, I couldn't handle it. Everything was just, you know, changing left and right. You know, I wouldn't know if I was leading a tour, going into the office and 
just felt like I was thrown around all over the place and I never had time to think, let alone like work on my own passion project. You know, eventually I was like switched around on too many different shifts and I was absolutely exhausted from giving like, you know, eight walking tours in a week or something. So I, with Elliot's help, I quit. <laughs> and I was, I was so happy. I've never been so, so content. And I just like woke up the next morning, opened my computer and started writing all these articles that I'd wanted to write for so long. All my Melbourne content, I have like 15 articles on Melbourne now. So I wrote all of that after I quit my full-time job and it was wonderful. I've asked past guests this too, because I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm just like, man, I wish I just had a normal job because like I'll get stressed about money or I'll get stressed about my taxes or something where it's yeah, like people totally. with normal jobs don't have to deal with that. Like how nice would it be to just have a nine to five, then you're off, you don't have to worry. But then other times I'm like, well, you know, they don't have a lot of, you know, the flexibility, blah, blah, blah. So did that kind of fulfill that thought for you of, if, if you ever had that of like, you know, maybe I should just try the normal job route. <laughs> I, I've definitely had it quite a few times. I mean, especially cause it would probably make my dad happy <laughs> to know that, Hey, I am working a full-time job and I, you know, <laughs> I tried it and I hated it and I don't think I'll do it again. So it, I guess it really depends what it is. But it did solidify the fact that like, I'm super committed to being a full-time travel blogger and making my living from that. So, you know, just like the happiness that I felt when I got to do what I wanted rather than what someone else wanted was incredible. So it was like almost worth it in that regard because it was like- Definitely. Oh, I really value the experience. It was very stressful for, you know, during a lot of it and my mental health was like deteriorating, but- I am super thankful for the experience for sure. It like taught me a lot. What advice do you have for young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general who want to become content marketers? I think that the most important thing, which I mean, Elliot can attest to is just, you know, taking the leap, I suppose. And if you've been putting something off and putting something off, like if you want to move abroad, if you want to, you know, start that Instagram account, if you want to like buy that domain name and like start, you know, your own blog, just take the leap, you know, because no one's going to take it for you. And the biggest chance is that people are going to discourage you from doing it because, you know, in this type of society, people expect a certain thing from, from everyone, you know, which is just working full time and getting married and buying a house, you know, not nothing against you, Caitlin. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) It's a terrible life. (laughs) No, you guys are living it up. (laughs) No, it's fine. I get your point. You know, yeah, you get my point. But, um, you know, white picket fence type of situation, not being an entrepreneur, like just the nine to five. If you have that like small inkling, if you have that small passion that you think you want to do, my biggest advice would just to be just start it, just do a small thing towards it every single day. And you don't have to tell anyone about it at first, but if you know that you are feeding that passion just a little tiny bit, then it could grow. And, you know, it was probably a huge leap for Elliot to move overseas. I can't even imagine what that was like for him. I know that you wanted to travel, but. If you ever find yourself a little bit too content or a little bit like bored when you're doing something, like maybe it's not the right thing for you, you know, always push yourself. And like, especially like in an entrepreneurial situation, like there's always more to do. So if you're like finding yourself like overly content, like sometimes it's like, why not try something else or try something new or give something else a go? Like, you know, innovate or die basically. I think that happened for you kind of, right, Elliot? Because you were, you loved your job. At least what I remember, it wasn't something where you were like, God, I can't wait to leave. So it was almost like that push of Kimmy needing to leave. You guys need to find another place. That was that push that you almost 
needed? Uh, yeah, I suppose there was a lot of like different pushes coming from different directions, I suppose. Like I always, always had a passion to travel in that way. And I suppose I was a little overly content with what I was doing. And the idea of, yeah, being able to work on this really cool project with Kimmy, doing like building a blog and all this sort of content creation was just something that was, yeah, like, I don't know, seemed like a great opportunity. And mm-hmm. I couldn't say no. Totally. Yeah. Okay, last question for you. We like to ask all of our guests this, but do you feel like an entrepreneur is born or can you become an entrepreneur? Can you like, can you learn how to be an entrepreneur? I, I would say, I suppose you, it was kind of both. There are people who are entrepreneurial who are born and there are some people that are like at the age of like 15 start their own like charitable company for, um, you know, children and things like that. Such as Caitlin, Such who as started Caitlin. her own her own nonprofit but, um, in high school. So that so that is something Amazing. that I would say someone like that is born and like, you know, kids selling cookies in the, I don't know, whatever playground. Like that's the kind of lifestyle that someone would live that is entrepreneurial. But as far as like being like teaching yourself, like I think that like you can see opportunities and sometimes in a situation and that can change the way that you previously viewed something and you can sort of like take advantage of it. So it's like, I don't know, say you work for a large company and you see the way to improve something and someone doesn't want to do it and then you go out and do it yourself, like you create your own product or something, like that is there's something that you can teach yourself. Like you might not have all like the courage to do it sometimes, but like anyone, if they really wanted to, can actually do that. So you don't have to be born in that regard, I would say. So yeah, for me, I would say it's both. I agree with you, Elliot, 100%. Yeah, yeah, well said. Yeah, very well said. I don't think I need to add anything to that. I, I agree. some people are born that way and some people kind of like really kind of tailor their creativity and their entrepreneurial like mindset as they get older I think especially in like corporate environments for in you know desperate environments as well like you never really know but yeah yeah I love it well I checked out your blog it looks beautiful really nicely done well thank you so much congratulations I redid it last year I love it where can people find it can you tell us yeah so it's just www.adventures then the letter n sunsets.com and you should also check out our youtube channel because that's where we've been you can see the progression of how our video making has gone actually in the past year um it's yeah, just called adventures and really sunsets right adventures and sunsets blog i think with adventures the, and, yeah with the symbol for and okay so the and adventures and symbol sunsets blog so we've done quite a few vlogs one of them we need to put back up anyway but yeah you can see a and lot what of about progress. like social media instagram so my instagram is at k-i-m-m-c-o-n-n so kim con my name's kimmy connor and mine is just at elliot spelt with a single l um, underscore Davenport. I don't really use it. Kimmy's is the all star blog. You check out. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot yeah. spends a lot of time on other people's social media, but not his own. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> well, you two are awesome. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. Yes, yeah, so, so fun. Much. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the 40 Under 40 podcast with Caitlin Cromett and AJ McQuarrie. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.